You're listening to The Chartographers. Hello, everybody. You're listening to The Chartographers. It is our happy hour mini-sode for our 50th artist that we've ever done. Uh, as you know, it is the regulars. It is Evan and Taryn. It is, of course, our very special guest, Mason Bikowski. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm awake. I can't believe we did that ranking episode last week. Uh, and most importantly, we are diving right into uh, our favorite discussion about brown and girls and K-pop and so many other things in general. But we need to start the thing that we start every happy hour mini sun with, which is, guys, what is the worst brown and girls song? I would almost argue don't do a ballad because, God, they have so many ballads. <laughs> and they are... Well, and also, the, the ballads usually aren't, like, bad. They're just, yeah. like, boring. You right. Know? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I get that sense. Well, um, uh, yeah. Oh, uh, boy. Do you have a choice for worst Brown and Girls song? I don't. I feel like with Brown and Girls, there's no song to Oasis. Me. Oasis. Oh, God, it's Oasis. I'll <laughs> <laughs> believe Miss Kim. What were, you, what were you saying, Mason? Oh, I feel like I've not heard a Brown and Girl song that I was like immediately like, this is, uh-uh, turn this off, turn the shit off. Well, <laughs> I just think that there's a lot of songs that are like kind of meh and forgettable, which is almost worse, because I feel like in art, you need to be memorable either for good or for bad. Like, Cats right. is a bad movie, but you remember it because it's bad, you know? Unfortunately, yeah. like, I will remember it, yes. We we saw it, and it, it is... I, it haunts me. Yeah, it's, um, it's memorable, but it's bad. And I feel like it's yeah, so, almost more offensive to, like, have art that just, like, means nothing, is nothing, and is just dust in the wind. And I feel like some of their first few albums have, like, some dust in the wind songs. And I'm like, what's the difference between track six, track seven, and track eight, you know? Which one's totally. which? I forget. Well, yeah, and especially on your story with the 15 songs, it's like, I can you tell me the difference between monologue, your day of arrival, and unheard story? Mm-hmm. I cannot. Nope. Personally, but that's just me. Well, listen, I still I still said Oasis, Tara said Oasis. Still have to pick one. That's what you gotta do, Mason. I'll pick Sorry, Oasis, like, because, oh. you know, that's what you said, <laughs> and I trust you. <laughs> that's perfectly fine. I mean, also, I, like, Addiction, I mentioned that. That's, that's one of my least favorites. Although, okay. Depending on the day, like, Glam Girl's fine, but, like, sometimes Glam Girl comes on and I am like, ugh, turn this shit off. Wow. I don't know. It's Take not that, thing. Sound G. Fuck you, Sound G. <laughs> uh, well, listen, wait, there's still, uh, the thing is, they still are such a rich group. I mean, let's just start with the beginning. Taryn, I want you to, and you and Mason, you probably know this too, I want you to focus on the fact that it's so unusual that this group is, uh, the artists themselves formed it versus like a label kind of coming mm-hmm. together. Yeah, I mean, I think that story was probably more common in 2003 when they did it. Uh, certainly then it, it, at this point, it is rare to find a, like, I, like obviously groups form and like there are bands in Korea just like anywhere else. Right. But like, K-pop specifically, like those acts that are groups of singers slash dancers with rappers promoting on music shows. It is rare to find one where like um, one of the members handpicked the other members. Mm-hmm. Like that's very rare. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I think the story is that like Jaya was signed with the label and was looking for other members. She remembered, she went to high school with Narsha mm-hmm. and just remembered that Narsha had a good voice. So she called up her pal Narsha um, Mirio was promoting with, um, Honey's, Honey Family, yeah. uh, which was a rap collective. 
And then, yeah, like you mentioned in the main pe- episode, um, Gain was competing on a show called Battle Xinhua, which is like, like an American Idol type of thing, um, and was eliminated. And uh, apparently she was like sobbing in the bathroom mm-hmm. when one of the record execs from... What, where did they, yeah Naked Network yeah. Um, like came and found her and was like you should audition for us yeah um, and then they chain they trained for three years together and then yeah obviously debuted that's how it went from there yeah cool do you have any other uh, stories of their beginning or of note Mason nope no? that covers that's, it that, I think the bathroom one, <laughs> I feel like it's I almost don't want to believe it because it sounds so far fetched but part of me is like it's so far fetched and like it's from a movie that I think it actually happened. I totally buy that that happened, especially because Gain specifically is so like over the top. Like she is a drama queen. Mm-hmm. You watch like like I feel like that's sort of what she was poking fun at in the Truth or Dare video. Mm-hmm. And so that's I to- I completely believe that that happened. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But let's also talk about the thing is we kind of mentioned it a little bit. Um, I and honestly, there's two things I want to mention. Now. First off, Abracadabra as a song. That is a music video that re-changed the way people view sexuality in K-pop because, mm-hmm. again, the thing is that the uh, South Korea still is a very image-conscious uh, country and society, and they are ones where they have censors, and there's there's a reason why you don't see a lot of twerking or a lot of like you know full stripping outside of like the occasional independent artist that I mean, will be like openly gay or something else like that. They'll actually do it does happen, like but it's very rare, Extre- extremely. And and part of the reason that the Abracadabra video was so controversial was because there was a very clear implied kiss between Narsha and Gain at, at the end. Mm-hmm. It didn't actually happen on screen, but like Narsha was less than an inch away from her face when the when the video cut so like yeah. um and you know other various weirdness in that video mm-hmm. yeah. um but that was that was like the main thing which again you mentioned like repping for the gays they've been doing it their whole career mm-hmm. yeah um, which i love well and and i before we like skip to abracadabra i do i want to touch back on the point so their first like real hit was actually after leave miss kim it was a song called Love. Yeah. Um, off of an EP. Yes. And it was like a huge sound shift for them because K-pop in general was shifting more towards synth pop. So they tried that. And then Love was a hit. So then their next EP was called My Style, which had Uchida, which was its own single, um, also called How Come. But then on there was My Style, a hidden track, which was basically just a remake of Love. And then they did it again with Sign after, like, after Abracadabra was huge. Sign being the superior version of all three. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's certainly the weirdest version. So, you know, it's got Also, that, that music video, by the way. Oh, that, the music that video for Sign. That fucked up little music video for Sign, where all the girls are in their fucking, yeah. <laughs> where they, like, literally drown. Yeah. It's like, just we like, literally okay, watch them all die. it's wild. Sure. <laughs> they did yeah. some weird stuff and back in the day. Well, and the, I mean, the video, the video for Cleansing Cream, too, which we didn't even talk about in the main episode. Cleansing Cream was the, um, the repackaged single after um, Six Sense, mm-hmm. and it was also very successful. Um, and that music video is fucking depressing and scary. Like, it's fully, yeah. like, domestic abuse against your blind child. It's, like, really hard to watch. Yeah, I mean, also, I mean, but not, it wasn't as a stream of video, but fuck you, Guyan Solo still also touched on yeah. her, mm-hmm. too. Heavy on the psychodrama with her. 
Yeah. yeah. It's just very interesting. That's what I mean. Gain is very dramatic. She's yeah. all about pushing the envelope and, and being risque and... And still the youngest member by four years. Yeah. Six years. Six Six years? Six years. God damn. That's yeah. still kind of incredible. When they, when they debuted, the rest of them were all 26 and she was 20. And that's another thing that's that's very unique about their story is that a lot of idols, if you haven't debuted by the time you're 26, you it's, give up. Yeah. But because that sort of wasn't the life that they were looking to lead, you know, it wasn't quite the same industry that it is today. Mm-hmm. I think that's part of why... They were able to push past yeah. that. Um, but like by the time that they really broke big with Abracadabra, they were 29, mm-hmm. the three of them. So kind of which is, the that's tipping, a rare, yeah. that's rare for that industry. Right. Yeah. Mason, do you have, what are your thoughts on the solo careers? Do you have any th- favorites? Do you have any oh, things that jump out? I mean, Guyan has oh, had yeah. the most. She is by far my favorite. Um, I love a good sexy song and she delivers time and time again. Um <laughs> I think she's had some great music videos. I think some of her album tracks are really great. I Gain is an all-time fave soloist in K-pop yeah. for me. I mean, Bloom, she was touching herself on the kitchen floor. Can you believe it? Like, yeah. 2011, what the heck, Korea? I can't. I can believe it yeah. because it's Gain. Yeah. yeah. If it, I couldn't, like, obviously, Jaya would never, ever do that. Uh-huh. Marsha, maybe. Yeah. I Bloom, Bloom is an all-timer. For sure. Also off that album, uh, Tinkerbell. Tinkerbell, um, yes. Tinkerbell. That's like great. one of my favorite like productions in K-pop. Mm-hmm. It's not even necessarily my favorite song, but what they did with all of the the weird like Glockenspiel and like um, what's the like it's it's almost like music box sounding, but yeah. it's all like chopped and screwed, and the beat is so weird, and I really like it. Um, mm-hmm. And then um, she also put out an EP that um, it's called Hawa. Yes. And it was after Black Box. Yeah. That I mean, that's like, it's, it's a masterpiece. Yeah. Honestly. Paradise Lost that's, is terrific. It's a great Paradise song. Lost, great video. Absolutely. Great dance. But also there's a song on there called Free Will. I don't know if you mm-hmm. remember that one. Uh, yep. That's, mm-hmm. that's like an all-timer. It's again, it's very Latin. It's almost like... It's almost like Gain does a Bond theme. Yeah. It's, 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 it's wild. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then there's a song on there too called Guilty. Guilty is I my favorite have... B-side. Oh, yes. It's so good. It's so You're good. You're so right. Oh, God. It's so, it's incredible. That was what you sent to me earlier today, right? No. What I sent to you early today was actually from Narsha's Oh, that's EP. right. And I'm, I'm honestly, personally sad that Narsha hasn't put out more solo music. Beauty Papa. Beery Papa is a bop, uh-huh. for sure. Is a bop. But off of that EP, I don't know if you've heard it, there's a song called Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's- oh, my God. <laughs> That's like, if we're talking about all-timers, like, that song fucking snaps. And I, I don't understand why it wasn't promoted, why it wasn't, like, a huge hit single. It's so good. She had a great wow. mini album, and it's very sad she didn't promote more because I need more of that in my life. It's so good, so right, quirky. Completely. She can sing, she can dance, she's sexy. Like she is such she a She also self produced that, right? Pardon? No, that was Mirio. Oh, Mirio produced self produced her own EP. I believe so. Yeah, yeah. Mirio yeah. produced her own EP. Kim Iana wrote wild. a lot of stuff for Narsha, right. who did Kim Iana did a lot of like Girl song, She's like so. the go to lyricist for well, like she also, so many other songs. Oh, yeah. Kiana yeah. also did. Day. Like, she did everything. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tons of. Well, and that's. Um, while we're talking about 
Kimiana because, yeah, she did, like, all of IU's early hit singles, but she also often works with um, Lee Minsu, who is the producer who did, like, Brave New World and Sixth Sense, and he did um, Abracadabra with Hitchhiker. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, I think that's part of why Kill Bill wasn't as strong of a single is because he didn't do it. <laughs> they like, really shouldn't yeah. have let Jaya do a title. No shade did to Jaya. Did Jaya do Kill Bill? But yeah, she helped produce Kill Bill. Oh. <laughs> You're like, it makes that. sense. It does. <laughs> well, and that's, that what I always thought about Kill Bill was that the concept came first. Yeah. Like, I think that they wanted to do a music video parody of Kill of Bill. Kill Bill. Mm-hmm. And it's a fun enough parody like if you're a fan of both kill bill and brown eyed girls like it's a fun video but i think that the concept came first before the song. and then they wrote a song around it yeah. and they were like this is our single even though they also had fucking boy and mystery survivor mm-hmm. and recipe on this album which all would have been smarter singles but whatever what i else? digress what else is what we could say about that Mason, you need to tell us, you told us a little bit, I want to hear a little bit more detail about you seeing them live, being in the front row and seeing Brown and Girls fucking live, you Um, fucking asshole. (laughs) It was really weird, because it was also my first concert. Um, First concert ever! Yeah, first concert ever. Damn! Um, It was like a small nightclub in Koreatown in LA, and I mean, it was like, a very small stage. Actually, so small that some of their dances, they would bump into each other because, like, there just wasn't room. Um, they didn't so perform cool. too many songs. They performed, like, six, maybe. It was a very okay. short concert. But um, they did, they, like, stopped, talked to fans. They had a raffle, which is where I won a signed album. So, like, Jaya, like, personally handed it to me and then high-fived me. And I was like... Oh my god, she just high-fived me. <laughs> I will never wash this hand again! Well, yeah, right. and it felt more intimate than just, like, a high-touch where it's like, hi-bye kind of thing. Yes. You know? Um, right. I, Kenna, it does, a genuine Kenna does not remember me, I'll tell you that yeah. much. And I feel like it was... I liked I liked that it was an intimate, an intimate concert. I feel like I've never truly had that experience again. I mean, I've been to more intimate K-pop concerts. Hyuna was smaller. I saw Hyorin. She was at a smaller venue. Um, oh, yeah. But, yeah, I, it was so great seeing, like, an iconic, like, a group Legendary. that shaped K-pop. I mean, I don't think people understand, like, there's no Hyuna without an Abracadabra. There's no Ma- Mama Moo's, literally enti- their entire sound Completely. and formation as a group is the Brown Eyed Girls. They are this, the new Brown Eyed Girls. Like, there's no Mama Moo without the Brown Eyed Girls. That's... You know? I, I was... I had that thought, like, a couple of different times this week. I was just like, oh, this sounds just like Mamamoo. Yeah. And I love Mamamoo. Like, when they when Mamamoo was first breaking on the scene, I stand so mm-hmm. And then I think they've gotten a little less interesting, hot take. But... Yep. Um, Agree. Like, their, their breakthrough concept was absolutely, like, paying homage to, to Brown Eyed Girls. Um, yeah. And... I mean, even, like, just the four members, three are vocalists, one's a rapper, you know, two power vocalists, one that can do more of a sultry vocal, and also the one that does the sultry vocal is Hwasa, who's the magne, and she's, the like, the sexiest member, quote-unquote, and so is Gain and the Brown Eyed Girls. Like, literally, like, to a T, they're, like, the Brown Eyed Girls. So. Yeah. yeah. But they're yeah. great. I mean, oh. there's no shade to Mamamoo. Um, yes. I, the thing I think is interesting, because you brought up FX earlier, and the thing is, I feel like I we come across FX. a different era 
Where, like, the thing is, because when I met Taron initially, he was very much the K-pop guy. And, like, we really bonded over uh, What is Love by EXO. We bonded oh, over yeah. a lot of, like, really early, like, classic-y good shit. Yeah. Uh, and the thing is, is that we've come across an era, and some people pointed it out, where truly, and I mean this, I feel like Brown Eyed Girls are a part of that, but they're part of the lineage of... Before, the album was very much a product. The mini-album was a product. And now, very gradually, the album is becoming a concept in Korea, in K-pop specifically. Yeah. Because when Wonder Girls put out I Need You, when they put out that that thing with this like very 80s synth-pop sound that is so specific, octagon drum mm-hmm. kind of like going on, like it was the whole album felt like a cohesive artistic statement. It was actually kind of amazing. And I give credit to Brown Eyed Girls for doing Basic around that time, too. Mm-hmm. And also FX for Four Walls. Yeah. Like around this time, like oh, people are yeah. like actually baking albums that are like a cohesive statement that's not beyond just whatever single they're promoting at the time, which is actually kind of amazing. Right. And I think I really do think that Sixth Sense it was a mild commercial success. I mean, Sixth Sense the song was was you know popular enough, but um, I do think that that was sort of the beginning of a shift because you know you look at like. 2009-2010 K-pop that's you know it's still clearly like the second wave has started but it's not quite like what it was going to become yet you mm-hmm. know and I do think yeah there's like well especially when you see like I feel like BTS even is playing into that like sort of concept album and like having a, a series of records um, yeah yeah and, like they always Map have the like soul. their, their intro yeah. and like can <laughs> <laughs> someone just release one great album from start to finish it's been a minute, yeah. honestly, in K-pop that, like, a true, yeah. a full-length, I mean, a full-length album has been great. I feel like Taeyeon is up there. I feel like her last, her two full-length oh. albums have been great. Well, that's really because, I mean, okay. that's, again, Taeyeon is an artist who has literally been yeah. doing it for over a decade now. I mean, I think she debuted the year after Brown Eyed Girls, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so she's she's been doing it for a long time, and she's popular enough that she, like, when, when I first came out, I was like, oh, this is the music that Taeyeon wants to make uh-huh. because it's a running it's a running joke in Girls' Generation that if Taeyeon hates the single, it's going to be a hit. Uh-huh. Um, so that's part of why I really liked when Taeyeon started doing solo stuff because I was finally felt like I was getting to hear what she wanted to do as right. an artist, and I think that's why it's such high quality right. because she's really she's really behind it. Yeah, I actually really respect SM for that part of their company is they always let the artist do what they want for their solo. But if it tanks, it's kind of on the artist kind of thing. Like they let Amber do what she wanted to do. Shake that brass. It didn't do so hot. And then Amber was like, why won't they give me stuff? It's like, because you did what you wanted and it didn't go well, you know? Yeah. Yeah. um, I know. Taeyeon, she had full control. Tiffany, I know, I remember she, like, I remember both Tiffany and Sohyun were like, oh, SM came to me with some wild ass concept and I was not here for it. And they totally just told SM no. And SM was like, all right, well, we'll just do what you want to do. And boom, bing, boom. That's what happened. Yeah. I think I think it's, the whole K-pop journey is still utterly fascinating to me. I just, because the way that the, some records are able to be promoted, the way that some labels have influence over themselves, look at JYP. How? Because I feel like JYP has also written some stuff for Brown Eyed Girls, despite not being them signed to JYP. Oh, well, I mean, he, I don't think so. He wrote... Invitation and Sorrow on Revive, but those were covers. Right. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he's written any of anything else for them, but he, he has well, especially because he wrote Invitation because that was still when he was sort of like he he was a soul artist. 
he had started his record label, but it wasn't the empire that it is today. Right. I don't think JYP at this point would sell a song to anyone that he wasn't already like really tight friends okay. with. Yeah. Um, cause he, if he writes a good single, he's going to give it to one of his artists because yeah. he has about a dozen of them. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, and actually it was one of the things talking about girls generation. I brought it up today and like, they're like the, the Brown and Girls are the most like longest running group behind well, the they're girl the, generation. Well, the, they're the longest running girl group. Yeah, that is an important distinction um, because Xinhua, I believe, is still active. Yeah, they're still uh, they kicking it. In, they debuted <laughs> in what, like ninety seven, something Jesus like Christ. that. Christ, yeah, um, and yeah. It's a, they're a six member group. I believe they started. They were one of JYP's first, I think, and then left. Or were they SM? I don't remember. Some of the, I like, heard... real early K-pop, the 90s, is, like, First a wave. little lost to me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, because you it's said... It's harder sec- to find, honestly. Right, because Second Wave really started with Girls' Generation and G, right? Well, saying, I would yeah. say Second Wave started with Super Junior and Big Bang. Okay. A couple of years earlier. Mm-hmm. They were really the, the, like, the new acts that broke out and started, like, a, a different style yeah i remember we, we i'm not really a big fan of the react channel in general but i do remember one where they brought on i believe it was a uh, momoland uh to talk about like they're just like hey we're gonna play some like classic k-pop hits for you and so they're like doing it and so like they play g by girls generation and everyone's just like oh my god we're so excited and they're like kind of like doing the dance in front of the laptop well, they're really excited about it every single girl group trainee that has ever trained <laughs> with any record label ever knows the whole dance to g from start to mm-hmm. right. and, and, and then <laughs> and then they brought up their own single and they're like oh and then they just then like their shoulders sank yeah they like, just they got so depressed because they're like i mean we've heard this song so many times so many times. Mm-hmm. Times. we don't like yeah. it anymore <laughs> yeah well and it's, it's one of the things this is our 50th artist that we've done this is our season finale this is so great uh and i'm so excited about it. i'm not saying that we're not going to do a k-pop artist in the future but i'm just curious mason hit us with some of your other favorites i want to know i mean i know taryn has a deep knowledge base about k-pop what are some of your like all-timers oh like? yeah so i have like a small list um so okay. my all-time favorite musical act ever is 21 I love sure. them. CL, yeah. oh my God, second row. Her concert was one of the best nights of my life. Um, <laughs> nice. I love 21. Up After them is Girls' Generation, who I also love. Um, after them is EXID, who needs more love. I oh. think oh. EXID is a group that has some terrific album B-sides that no one is talking about. Right, because their singles are like, okay. I really like their singles, but I feel like if you want something interesting, listen to Boy. That's an interesting for like a, from like a production standpoint. They have a song called "Boy" off of their Eclipse mini album with Oh, I know it. Night rather than mm-hmm. day. That's a quirky yeah. song. Their street mini album I think is terrific. Um, yeah. I just love them. I think they're great. I mean, and then after I them are um, Wonder Girls and Sistar. Fucking Wonder nice. Girls. Man. Yeah. Yeah. I, oh they, man, you are such a true diehard second generation K-pop fan. Yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> I just like fuck Red Velvet. <laughs> I love Red Velvet. Did you say fuck Red Velvet? No, I mean I totally I love Red Velvet too. I was just I was joking. Oh no no no. Uh, I like Red Velvet a lot. Um, all right, their 2018 or their 2019 was bad. We should not be talking about Zimzalabim or Oompa Oompa. Oh, oh, no, we're not talking not. about Zimzalabim. No, yeah, we're, no one's we're, talking we're, about Zimzalabim. Well, okay, the weird thing about Woof. the the weird thing about Red, Red Velvet is I feel like now that both FX. And Girls' Generation are no longer wait, wait. actively promoting that Red Velvet just gets literally every girl group song that SM comes across. Yeah. 
And it's and it's kind of like muddying their concept a little bit. Yeah. Like there were a couple of years there where I thought they were really solid, like they went Inca, back Pica, and Boo. forth between like the like the Dootsy and the R and B, but like I'm gonna like uh Bad Boy was so good. Bad boy and I felt like I feel like Bad Bad Boy was like their peak. Like that album, Kingdom yes. Come. I could listen to Kingdom Come every day for the rest of my life. That song is terrific. And then you get to power up and you're like, mm. and then you get to RBB and you're like, ah. and then you get to Zoom. Oh, RBB and you're like, was SM, rough. Who, who's running this group? Because this is not yeah. it, girl. Yeah. I don't know what they're doing. They, I don't right. the, like. I I don't know if you've noticed, but um, YG and JYP are fucking murdering you in the girl group department right now. So yeah. maybe step it up. I really think yeah. I think Red Velvet because R and B has become so much more popular in Korea, and Red Velvet like was on like the pulse of the trend as it was just starting off with automatic. And then they like gave it up. But they they need to do an automatic because an automatic in 2020 would kill it in Korea. That's Completely. what they're listening to, you know? Yeah. And the, th- and the worst part is that, like, I think it's just so interesting sometimes when they push a video and don't actually do a lot of promotion in a different way, simply because I think about when you introduced me to FX via Four Walls, that was my introduction to FX, before Electric Shock even, mm-hmm. is that Taryn showed me Four Walls, I'm like, this is fucking amazing, this is incredible, but more importantly, he didn't show me the music video, he showed me their live performance, because if you know anything about a K-pop live performance, you know that there's the fan armies, they will come up with their own uh, things to shout at the artists, mm-hmm. yeah. but more importantly, their choreography during their performance of fucking Four Walls well, that's... was Mind-bending. It's great. FX great. And the costumes were great, too. Yeah. yeah. FX, is, FX didn't get enough credit for their dancing. Both Amber and Luna are, like, two of the best dancers SM has ever had. Mm-hmm. Like, Amber and Luna are both better dancers than anyone in Girls' Generation. Oh, I yeah. Think. Honestly, Luna specifically, like, that girl could have been the next Boa. Free somebody is so good. Oh, such a bop. So good. JoJo wrote it? Are you kidding me? It's great. (laughs) Wait, really? JoJo wrote it. Like, early 2000s JoJo. I love that. Yeah. Okay, okay. That's so funny. Mason, I need to put you to the uh, K-pop litmus test, though. Okay. I need to see. I know some friends who are fanatics. I know Taryn's thoughts. I know my thoughts. We brought it up earlier, and I want to mention it in a different context. Where do you stand on the group, Luna? Okay, I don't want to ruffle any feathers. Here's my thing with Luna. I think their pre-debut stuff is way better. I think... uh, Yeah. I think Luna is a group where I kind of don't get it because I don't think they've done anything like... It's so bad. I'm like, yeah, this is fine. Like, so what? I think it's a fun video, like their new song, but that album is bad. And like, I just... It's one of those things where it's like, I don't get why Twitter is so involved with Luna I think, like, Eclipse was great. I think they had some great early singles. Their very first early pre-debut single, Vivid, is such a cute, fun bop. Um, but I don't get it. I don't get it. Hi some... Hi was bad. It was a bad song. I don't know I what people are talking about. I have some fucking straight friends that are obsessed and, like, go to shows and are like, I was in front row to see Luna. I'm like, really? That, why? I just don't know. And I just don't understand this obsession with Luna. It's just... Exactly. Also... How can you have a group with 12 girls and not one of them is either a excellent singer or an excellent rapper? You have 12 mediocrely talented people. Well, and that's that's my problem with a lot of groups, honestly, yeah. is, you know, and, and thankfully, I think that's part of why 
SM and YG are typically so successful and also why people trust them is because their groups always have at least one really genuinely like (laughs) great vocalist. Yeah. Um, If not like three or four. Yeah. Like Super Junior has like five really good vocalists. Even Girls' Generation has like, well, obviously not Jessica anymore, but like I would say Sohyun and Taeyeon are both like incredible vocalists. Exactly. Um, I feel like JYP is actually missing in that regard because I feel like when you think of like Twice, man, Red Velvet would obliterate them in a singing contest. Oh, like not even hands down. I mean, that's I don't. That's actually always been my problem with JYP and why I. I love JYP. I think that he writes incredible pop music. Absolutely, hands down. And I think that the the groups he produces have like a cohesion between their members. Mm-hmm. And, and so I respect that. But um, he also, of the big three, has the weakest vocal technique across the board. Yeah. And I think it's something that he he has... I've, I've heard him in interviews talk about he has this like half air half sound method that he likes to ask his singers to use and so everyone is just really breathy and on the one hand that makes bad singers sound a little bit better so you can you can hide a weaker vocalist by using that mm-hmm. but it makes great singers not as powerful mm-hmm. so when you have like a min or a Susie. And yeah. they're they're they could be better than they were mm-hmm. at any point in Miss A because they were using this like sort of weak half ass yeah. vocal technique. Yeah, and I um I feel like YG's part of that too because I feel like they don't train their vocalists too well. Like I feel like a Park Bomb or a Rose are two people that just kinda naturally have like a great vocal texture and natural like mm-hmm. emotion to their voice, but like Park Bomb's voice has significantly te- deteriorated due to like bad vocal training. At YG yeah. and bad vocal I practice. Mean, Park Bomb, Park Bomb ruined her voice. If, Full on. If you listened, if you listen to Twenty One in two thousand nine and Park Bomb singing on or like Park Bomb's debut like ballad singles, oh, you and, and you compare it, you compare it to Park Bomb trying to sing live now in her comebacks. It's like it's sad. It's like full Mariah Carey, mm-hmm. Whitney Houston. They, she ruined her voice. I feel so bad um, for her though. I really do. I love her. She's Bomb. been through it. She's been through it. She had that stupid scandal. She just seems like a nice fucking person. I just want to give her a yeah. hug. And honestly, Completely. I think she had a great comeback single. I thought Spring was the best song, was the smartest choice they they made. That was a great liked, comeback song. I liked the song, but if you watch her on live stages... Yeah, it's, like it, it's bumpy. It's and oh she, my God. she was never a good dancer. So it's like, girl... Right, so, like, what's left? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Tying it back, though, like, randomly, I was just pulling up clips. We all obviously watched their music videography. We watched a lot of the other stuff, a lot of their live performances. And randomly, we came across Brown Eyed Girls this week performing at the KBS Drama Awards. It was a medley of Abracadabra, Sixth Sense, and fucking Wonder Woman together. And it was the most awkward thing I have ever seen because it was like not a music show it's the KBS Drama Awards so there's literally everyone in the audience just leaning back and just kind of like 
nodding. Mm-hmm. Maybe one person's like clapping along, and it was just it like was the, well, it was I think so it would have been fine if they had shot it like a music show and just shown Brown Eyed Girls performing. Like yeah. that would have been fine, but they kept cutting to the audience who like weren't interested, and that's yeah. why it was so weird. It was so weird. It was so bad because it was like all the drama actors like yeah. I don't know why this is happening. I'm mm-hmm. just here because I'm nominated. Exactly, which is so great. <laughs> it was kind of like when Eminem was performing at, at the Oscars. Oscars. That yeah, was so that weird, was, yeah. and everyone so... in the audience was just. Like, I'm, I'm willing to lo- overlook it though because guess what? At the very least, we got a fucking amazing uh, parasite comeback out of it, and well, that made me very, very happy. And that's part of why I'm actually really excited. It was just serendipitous, but we're doing our first K-pop artist like a week and a half after Parasite, Parasite wins Best Picture, the yeah. first South Korean film to ever win an Oscar. Yeah, um, which was a big deal, and also we love that film a lot. Oh, me too. It is. No joke, maybe one of my probably top ten favorite movies of all time. I love Parasite more than I can say. It's great. It's so good. Yeah. I, yeah, well, what we're, what we're trying to say is uh, Parasite now available video on demand. Please send your checks <laughs> to the chartographers, Neon Films. Uh, most importantly, though, we've been talking for about 34 minutes now. Uh, Mason, do you have anything else to say? Anything about Brown Eyed Girls? Anything else you want to bring up? Stories, enchantments, joys? About the, the Brown Eyed Girls? Uh, yeah! Because listen, I mean, we officially were here for the launch of K-Talk, the podcast that you and Taryn do together. Oh, no. Where you talk about <laughs> K-pop artists going forward. I'm aware of that fully. Uh, but yeah, just I would do about that, though. Brown Eyed Girls, yeah. Um, Brown Eyed Girls. Um, I really think you should check out, if you listen to the first podcast, I really think if you haven't checked out some of Gain's B-sides, do yourself a favor and listen to Hawa, I think it's called. Yeah. Um, with Hawa, Paradise yeah. Lost. Just enjoy it. It's good, mm-hmm. um, and just just know that we're not saying any of anyone's faves is bad. I hope no one feels bad from what, if what we criticize their faves. This is just critique. I love trash or like bad things. I love things that people hate too. I mean, in the main episode, I didn't like Six Sense. Six Sense is like their favorite album. So everyone's got different opinions. That's... No hard feelings. Yeah. If you like Luna, I'm very sorry if I um, shadow <laughs> them for you. I'm not sorry am... if you like Luna. I am I'm actually not sorry. very happy you just did that because that is something that I think is necessary anytime you're in the K-pop sphere because K-fans are very serious about their fandom mm-hmm. and they get very offended when you talk shit. So I just, I, I want to reiterate as one of the hosts of this podcast, mm-hmm. please don't Disparage. think we're coming for your mm-hmm. favorite. Like Must these are just it. our opinions. They're not meant yeah. to like reflect on like, yeah. we don't, we don't want, we love Park Bomb. You know, mm-hmm. it's just... I love her. These are our opinions. Yeah. We love her so much. Uh, you know what else I love? I love Mason Bykowski. Yeah, I love this so I love the opinions and the knowledge that you brought to us. I love Taryn O'Reilly as the co-host of this podcast. This was your pick of an artist. I'm so glad that this was our 50th fucking artist that we've done on this podcast we've been doing since 2016. I love it, and I appreciate it, and I appreciate you and everything you do, and you bring to this oh, podcast. And most importantly, I love the people that are listening. And I love the people that are listening. If you like this, I would recommend give us a like and subscribe. If you like Mason Bykowski, please uh, go ahead and check out his Instagram, MB underscore Art21 on Instagram to check out some of his art that he's done as well. And you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at The Chartographers. And if you want to find me, too bad. I'm a ghost. I'm invisible. You can't find... I'm kidding. Yeah, Googling Evan Saudi doesn't bring up It's not like I did that thing where you can check and see how many other people have your name in this country and I'm the only one 
that has the name Evan Soddy, which is why I'm so Googleable. I don't have anything embarrassing when you Google me. Uh, if you Google me, add the chartographers uh, to make sure it really gets up on the <laughs> SEO rankings. Uh, in the meantime, though, Mason, thank you so, so much for being here. I really appreciate you coming. I really do. Oh, yeah. Thank you for having me. If you guys ever want to talk about a K-pop group again, just let me know. I'll probably know them yeah! and be able to discuss. <laughs> Yeah, Absolutely. no. I mean, we, I think we will definitely keep you in mind. This was really fun. This oh, was thank really, you. Really fun. Exactly. In the meantime, guys, uh, keep on listening because you know that we'll be. Thank you so much for listening to season four fucking seasons of this goddamn show. Uh, keep on listening because you know that we'll be. See you in season five, bitches. Goodbye. <laughs>